I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome aboard. So this time of year, we look at this changing of the seasons. We look at the holidays for many of us as they start to come through. I mean, we all kind of deal with the same kind of holidays, don't we, in the fall, late fall? It's a wonderful time of the year. I know when you ask people what's their favorite time of year, I think the number one answer is summer. But then after summer is uh, fall. Fall is a beautiful time of year. I happen to love fall myself. I like the cool evenings, the warm days, the leaves turning colors. You know, just uh, different. What I don't like is the, the 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 clock change. You know, falling behind uh, is a terrible thing. The the light is a train wreck. You can't. It, you know, it gets pitch black at five o'clock at night. Now, it is only for a couple of months, and then it starts to go the other way. But those couple of months are tough if you're experiencing them like I am. You know, you're sitting there, and normally when the sun in the summertime, the sun goes down at 8.30 at night, quarter to 9. You're still doing stuff. You're having fun. You're not really slowing down until 9 or 10 o'clock at night, uh, even on a work night, you know, because the sun's up. You're outside. You're doing things. But now, with the sun going down at 4.30, quarter to 5.00, uh, Kathleen and I were sitting there the other night. We said, oh, what are you going to do? So it's 4.30. You know what? Let's uh, let's have a cocktail. Let's have a little campfire. You know, we put the chimney thing on in the backyard, the fire pit. And let's enjoy the sun going down. We'll enjoy a nice adult beverage. And, you know, we'll, we'll do this before dinner. Well, we're sitting there. We're having a great... It's beautiful. You know, watching the, the, the sky darken up and the stars come. It's beautiful. But she says, you know what? It's 5.15. That's it. And all of a sudden, it's like 5.15. I'm not going to bed until 11. That's like six hours almost from now. Um, that's a long time, right? And you kind of feel like you're not sure what the heck to do. I find it uh, not debilitating. That's not the, that's the wrong word. I find it uncomfortable. I prefer to keep the sun up at night as long as possible in the evening. Um, and I get it. I know. Um, my son, Jack, he's a junior in college now. But when he was in... Uh, you know, what, fourth and fifth and sixth grade and all that kind of stuff. When the clocks changed, he had to catch the bus at 6.30 in the morning through uh, middle school and high school. It was pitch black. Uh, so we'd drive him down to the bus stop and sit there, you know, make sure that, the you know, the kid was okay on a corner in the dark. Not that somebody would take him or anything, but just that it was pitch black, you know, so you sit there and it could be cold, whatever. So there's no real way around the time thing, and I'm just bemoaning it now because it's something we're living through every day. And as as you're listening and you're you're riding along, going wherever you're going, before you know it, it's going to be dark, right? And then what do you do in the dark? So let's consider getting rid of all these time changes, this back and forth. Let's just keep it uh, on daylight savings time forever so that it stays light in the evening as long as possible. I think it'll be better for everyone. And that is my opinion on that. Now, I did a program for Campus Safety Magazine. I'm on their board of experts. And I do a lot of stuff for safety and security and how to keep our schools safe and, and look out for people and this and that. And I did a program about uh, preparing for riots or protests or uh, demonstrations on your campus. 
and how to protect yourself and your school and your people and, and everybody there because we're seeing this more and more, aren't we? Aren't we seeing every day these protests are, are growing out of control? And it, you go to look it up and there's not a lot of information out there. Now, I do have a lot I've written on and I teach about uh, on night and weekend events, what to do at night, what to do on the weekends uh, to make your place secure for whether it's sports or a recital or anything happening at your school, on your campus at night or on the weekend. There's specific things we need to do to be safe and secure there. Well, I started looking around and I said, you know, there's really not a lot out there about how to handle these protests. Uh, there's lots of different uh, concerns that people have, but no, no program. So I did a program and I'll let you know uh, soon enough when it's, when it's going to come out. It's a pre-recorded program uh, and it'll be up on the internet. And uh, I'm actually doing one, a similar one for my company uh, that we're going to put out. So if you need to understand what to do on your campus or, you know, it doesn't matter where it is, you, you're more anything. If you're expecting protests or you anticipate there could be a protest at your location, you're going to want to listen in. And maybe maybe later on in the program, I'll give you a couple of tips. I'll kind of point out to you some of the things that, that we're going to talk about. But in the meantime, I want to look around the world of current events and see what's going on out in the world. Now, Derek Chauvin. We all remember Derek Chauvin. Uh, Derek Chauvin was uh, the officer that arrested uh, George Floyd and the officer that is charged and convicted in the killing of George Floyd. Now, I don't want to relitigate that entire case. It, will, it looked ugly. I, I can't say as a law enforcement officer and as a trainer, it looked ugly as can be what he did. When you read the autopsy, though, they're saying he choked him to death. Now, uh, hey, if he choked him to death, he shouldn't have done that. And that's, that's wrong, right? And he was convicted of that. But the autopsy says there was no damage to his throat and he didn't die of asphyxia. He died from, he had a heart condition and he had enough fentanyl in him to kill two people. But whatever it was, there was a trial. I wasn't at the trial. He was convicted of the murder and he's sitting in jail now for 20 years. I'm sorry, he wasn't convicted of murder. He was, uh, he was convicted of civil rights violations because the local jury would not find him uh, culpable for the death. They said he made an arrest and George Floyd died. It's a terrible, horrible thing anytime somebody dies. But anyway, Derek Chauvin was convicted of civil rights violations and he was sentenced to 20-something years in federal prison where he's now doing his, his time. Well, his team has asked for a new trial. And their basis for asking for a new trial is that they're saying the George Floyd case was the most publicized case in the, in the world. There were more stories about it. There were more uh, newspaper articles. There were more uh, TV shows. There were more news clips, break-ins, social media. There were tons and tons of things about that trial and pre-trial, -pre before the trial, uh, where he was convicted in the in the press, we saw that there were riots, unprecedented number of riots, deadly riots, not mostly peaceful riots like they told us, but deadly riots across the country, billions of dollars in damage, lots of officers injured, and people were killed in the riots and the mayhem that took place uh, after that arrest. And Chauvin, his team, his lawyers and his team are making the case that he could not get a fair trial 
with all of that, especially with the riots going on, because the concern was if he was found not guilty, uh, that there would be even worse riots. And therefore, uh, he would be a pawn in the system, so to speak, where no matter what, he was going to be found guilty so that we didn't have these riots. <clears throat> now, if you go back and you listen to shows that we did back then, it is a tragedy anytime anyone dies in police custody. And George Floyd should not be dead, okay? Or whether it was fentanyl overdose, whether it was his heart attack, or whether it was brought on by Chauvin kneeling on him, uh, he should not be dead. I didn't like the way the arrest went. I would have dragged him into the car right away and put him in the back seat. I would not have uh, kneeled on him for that long. I, I, it looked terrible, and it was not good. And unfortunately, um, Floyd ended up dead, and Chauvin and the other officers ended up in jail. So Derek Chauvin asked for this new trial because he believes the, the jury pool, everybody was tainted because of the fear of violence. Uh, you know, jurors were doxxed. Everybody was going to know who they were. They were going to, you know, th life threaten the jurors. And so, of course, everyone just found them guilty. You know, enough. We, we, we can't put up with this, which is inappropriate. If he, if he was guilty, then he should be found guilty based on the facts, not found guilty based on, gee, there might be riots. That's, that's not a reason to find someone guilty and put him in prison. So his team took uh, their appeal to the Supreme Court of Minnesota, and a Minnesota Supreme Court has flatly rejected uh, any type of a new trial, any type of a change, anything. That's it. So his only, uh, his only recourse now would be to go, uh, go the federal route and see if it works its way through the, through the courts in the federal system to see if uh, his rights were violated, uh, if there was improper things in the trial, and whether there'd be a new trial or not. I can't imagine <clears throat> that just about anybody would uh, do that. Uh, you know, this guy Murdoch, right? We're all following this guy Murdoch who killed his wife and his son. Well, he had some improprieties in the jury, and he's asking for a new trial. And based on what we've read in the newspapers, if the juror did... Uh, or the prosecutor did what they're alleging, then there should be a new trial. You know, the guy's guilty, he's guilty, but he deserves a fair trial. Everybody deserves a fair trial. And if there were things wrong in Chauvin's trial, if he's guilty, he should be found guilty, but he should get a fair trial. And if the, if the, if the facts were uh, that the jury and everybody else would have been tainted because of the fear of riots and violence, which was real, it was happening every day. We watched cities burn, didn't we, every day? Uh, then, then maybe that did affect it. And maybe he should get a new trial so that it's fair. And if he's convicted again, he'll do his time. Simple as that. But that's, that came up in the news. Uh, and it's, it's interesting things to pay attention to. Um, now, I'm going to ask this question because I, I don't see it asked very often. In recent times, we have seen the horrors of Hamas attacks on Israel and the taking of the hostages. So I'm going to ask again, where are the hostages? How come our government is not screaming and hollering and doing something to get these people out, especially the Americans? You know, Israel is, is engaged in a war to destroy Hamas and get them out. What is the United States doing? And we have discussed this in a previous episode where, you know, if the United States puts boots on the ground, that could turn, you know, the rest of the uh, countries in the area against Israel. Then it could be a bigger, a wider war. So I get all that. But the reality is, you know, what is going on for these hostages? It's over a month now. 
these babies and women, elderly people, men, are, have been held captive. Now, they just found the body of one of the uh, Israeli captives, hostages, a female uh, military personnel, uh, and she was brutally uh, sexually assaulted, and she was murdered. And apparently, uh, as the Israeli forces were moving into the hospital, the Hamas group dragged her in there and murdered her in there so they couldn't save her or get her. This is the kind of things that we're dealing with here. There's a report out, and I'm going to tell you to go find this report. Uh, I read it uh, through one of the news feeds the other day, and it was from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, and they basically laid out uh, in great and graphic detail what happened to many of the hostages, how they were abused, uh, how they were murdered, how they were physically uh, attacked, sexually assaulted, how parts of people's bodies were cut off. Uh, babies were put in ovens in front of their parents. We're forgetting about this. You know, we're all worried about what the Israelis are doing to the terrorist group. Uh, and, but we're not worried, we're not remembering the horror of what took place in our world on October 7th. You know, this past, um, past Sunday, I was getting ready to go to church and I was in the shower and it was early. It was about 6.30 in the morning and I was getting cleaned up, getting ready to go. And I realized, you know, they said the attack on October 7th started at about 6.30 in the morning. And I'm imagining I'm in my house with my wife, uh, my son's home from college. Uh, everybody's in my, imagine if just armed gunmen came into my house, uh, tied me up, assaulted my wife, killed my son, cut our bodies apart, set the house on fire with all of us in it. Could you, I couldn't even imagine a thing like this. And this was repeated over and over and over and over again to family after family after family. Where are the hostages? Why are we not doing everything to get the hostages out? Now, we got Joe Biden and his team who are afraid to lose support from uh, the Muslim community in America, especially the radical community in America. Uh, you know, the AOCs, the Talibs, uh, you know, all these people that they'll talk bad about them, uh, that, that they're, well, there should be a ceasefire. There should be. Why would there be a ceasefire? Did anybody tell America to cease fire when we we're going after uh, bin Laden? Did they tell us to cease fire? Give him a few days. We had better take care of all the people in his community. We better make sure they have food and medicine uh, while we're going after him. No. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Speaking of bin Laden, uh, did you see on uh, X, formerly Twitter, where somebody released bin Laden's letter to America that he wrote uh, apparently shortly after the 9-11 attacks where he basically laid out his reasoning for why he masterminded this attack on America and, and flying planes into buildings and trying to kill as many Americans as possible. And he laid out his, his thought patterns and, and his blame America for supporting Israel and that's why this happened and this and that. And at the time, we all would be enraged by that letter. You know, he killed innocent people and nobody cared. He's a terrorist and we went after him and we finally did get him. But... Sorry, excuse me. The, the letters were re-released recently. And as we see this worldwide movement of people who are supporting Hamas, supporting a terrorist group, 
saying that they are besieged by Israel. Big bad Israel is besieging them and hurting them. And meantime, we're forgetting what they did on October 7th, what they do constantly, lobbing rockets into residential neighborhoods uh, in Israel. We're forgetting that. Now, I'm not talking about the Palestinian people. The Palestinian people who are not members of Hamas and just want to go about their business and live their lives should be able to do so in peace uh, and tranquility in their community. But Hamas is a terror organization, not allowing that. And many of the people who live there are supporters of Hamas. So even though they might not be a direct member, they're supporters and they're supporting what happened on October 7th. And therefore, how much can you really worry about uh, what they did? You saw them as they were driving the hostages through the middle of the town and they were punching them, kicking them, spitting on them. These were the regular people, you know, the people who were not involved were doing this to innocent people who were taken hostage. So it's a very complicated picture of what's going on there, but Israel is not the bad guy in this, uh, in this scenario, not in my opinion at all. Uh, I wish it would come to an end, but Hamas has to be removed, destroyed, however they want to do it. They cannot be allowed to fire rockets into Israel. And then if we have to have them go after Hamas, they should go after Hamas. We should, I mean, uh, go after Hezbollah. We should support them in that as well, because you can't live a life with rockets coming flying in. And people do get killed. People do get killed by those rockets. Innocent people get killed. So that's something we have to pay a little bit of attention to, but I, I, I get frustrated every day when I hear a different story. And you should go look up that news story where this IDF official uh, detailed, detailed, gruesome details uh, of what they did to the hostages, the, the repeated rapings where they just passed these women, young women, these girls, young girls and women, elderly women, they passed them from terrorist to terrorist where they just repeatedly raped them. Uh, there's pictures. They, were sh they showed pictures of these women walking around. You could obviously see blood. Uh, they were bleeding from the, from the assaults. Absolutely inhuman behavior uh, that took place and uh, absolutely disgusting and horrible. So I'm just remembering the hostages. I don't, I don't want to forget the hostages. All right. Uh, what's some other interesting things? Oh, how about the guy? And I'm going to apologize in advance. Because I don't, I think he was, I think he was California. I was in California. And he had a legal carry permit to carry a concealed handgun. Now, this was on the news for a couple days. And it, it deserves some extra thought because it kind of does reveal to you uh, the liberal progressive mindset when it comes to your rights and what you're allowed to do. So this man was in his home and two home invasion people show up at his home armed home invasion people show up at his house and they're going to try and attack his home with his family in it. So apparently he, he was drinking a cup of tea or something. He came outside to see what, who they were or whatever. And then they are going to try and break in and go into his house where his wife and family are. Uh, so what he does, he throws the tea at one of them. He draws his legally, uh, legal handgun, concealed handgun on his own property in the act of protecting himself and his family from armed would-be assailants, and he fires at them in self-protection to get them away. Uh, and it's successful. They run away. Uh, his wife and him and his family and everybody are safe, and the bad guys uh, were thwarted, and away they went. Well, the state of California 
revoked his carry permit. They notified him through the sheriff's department that uh, your carry permit has been revoked based on your actions. Now, first of all, he was on his private property with his private gun, and he was protecting himself and his family from armed intruders. And because he had the nerve, the tenacity, the, the, the unbelievable gall to protect himself against criminals, he is penalized and his permit is taken away. This is what reveals the liberal mindset. Because first of all, their thought is you shouldn't have a gun no matter what. Uh, and you shouldn't have a weapon to use against criminals, you know, because criminals are only doing bad things for things that are probably your fault in the first place. You know, the conditions you set up in the world, the, uh, the way you allow things to happen in the world and racism and all this other stuff that they're constantly screaming about. But they take away his gun permit, his ability to protect himself because he used the gun permit in the exact way that it was meant to be used in self-defense of his home and his family on his private property. But because he actually had the nerve, the temerity to actually do that, they decide to take away his permit. Now, he's been on a, a couple of uh, talk shows him and his wife, and his wife is very appreciative that her husband did the right thing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. Uh, this whole turn, and this is where probably in our second part of our get-together today, I'm going to try and pull all this together in the idea that everything we're seeing from the protests to the, to the Bin Laden letter to crime to everything that we're seeing out there today in our, in our, especially in our country, but in our world, but in our country mostly, this, this turn to progressivism and the results of progressivism and liberalism and what it actually does to our daily lives, to our, our existence, to our country, to our nation, those, those results are now clear. They could not be more clear. Uh, they could not be more. You can take, you can take uh, any given instance of anything whatsoever, uh, and you can say if it's if it hurts America, if it hurts our rights, if it hurts uh, our traditions, then our friends on the left are going to be for it. They're going to be all for it, and they're going to push for it, and they're going to want it. If it protects your rights, if it protects traditional kind of America where you know uh, rule of law and all that kind of stuff, then you're going to say the people supporting that are probably on the right. They're probably conservatives, right? Or uh, libertarian type of people. But you, you can break down. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. This bin Laden letter it, it comes out now how many years later, 20-something years later after it was written, and we see thousands and thousands and thousands of people on social media, Americans, saying, this is great. This guy was right. America brought it on himself. It's America's fault. And they're agreeing with Osama bin Laden, who killed almost 3,000 Americans in a terrorist attack. And here it is 20-something years later, and this younger generation who knows nothing from nothing about what happened during 9-11, because they don't teach the true stories, they know nothing. And now they're saying bin Laden, they're conflating him with Hamas and all of these groups uh, that are considered oppressed, and they are in the right, and America's in the wrong. It's, and it, it, it's easy to predict now. And I'm sure many of you know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, you know, Hamas terrorist group, 
Conservatives are going to be against them. Progressive liberals are going to be for them. They're going to find good in them. They're going to find uh, legitimacy in their message as opposed to trying to separate them from the Palestinian people and their legitimate concerns. This is a terrorist organization. They have no legitimacy. They're a terrorist group. We should not tolerate them. We should not allow them to exist because what do they want? They want to do bad harm to people. They are a negative influence in the world. Hamas got to go, as they say. So uh, I found that, that really, it, it's crystal clear for me anyway. You can take any issue. Does, I don't even have to know who's saying it. You tell me what it is, and I'll tell you if it's, if it's a liberal or a conservative uh, who's pushing, pushing the movement. Uh, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more in the second part. I'm going to talk some more about the, the – because there is a connection to these riots and these demonstrations that are going bad. And there's some information I think we should, we should put out there. Now, on an interesting note, let's stay on current events here. On an interesting note, um, there's a woman in Alabama. I think she's, she thinks she's in her 30s. When she was 17 years old, when she was 17 years old, she found out she had the unique physiology of having two uteruses, right? She didn't have one. She had two uteruses, and, I, and they found this out when she was 17 years old. Well, she just finds herself uh, recently to be pregnant with one baby in each uterus. So not only does she have two uteruses or uteri, I don't know how you would say that, but each one is carrying a baby. And just for the record, that's what it is. It's a human baby and it's alive and it's a creature and it has a soul. It's, you know, it's a real thing. It's not a lump of cells. It's not a maybe person. It's not a whatever. In my opinion, it is a baby, a human baby, and it deserves uh, the dignity of life. But how interesting to have two uteruses and find out that she has a baby in each one. Now, I would suppose uh, biologically uh, that that makes sense. You know, uh, you know, when you get twins is when, you know, the egg is, uh, egg is split and it's fertilized. Both eggs are fertilized. You get twins or triplets or whatever. So if you have two uteruses and there's eggs available uh, and you have the, you know, the matching, uh, matching material, shall we say, that you need to make a baby, uh, it could find its way into each, each one, right? And then you have two babies, one in each uterus. So, but interesting, interesting that this, uh, this is out there in the news today. Uh, so our guy with the with the permit, and lastly, and I'm not going to say lastly, but not leastly, it, it's a question that I'm going to bring up in the second part of our get together here. Is it looks like Governor Abbott of Texas, a very very good man, a strong governor, a conservative guy, trying to do the right thing for the people of Texas, protect his state, and all that kind of stuff. He has come out and formally endorsed Donald Trump for president of the United States. Now you say, well, what's the big deal? No, because you know what? There's been so much negativity about Trump in so many different areas. And we see all of our politicians, all these rhinos trying to decide how they can step away and not be a part of it. And, uh, you know, uh, not Trump. We can't have Trump. He's too strong. He's too this, that, and the other thing. Uh, here's Governor Abbott. Again, strong, conservative guy. Comes out and formally endorses Donald Trump for president. I think that's, uh, that's really wonderful. And the question that I want us to think about, so when we come back from our break, we can think about is, is it possible or is it more likely now that Donald Trump will be reelected uh, for his second term to president of the United States? 
And he's only the second person, I think, in our history that had two terms, if he is elected, that'll have two terms separated by a, uh, uh, an in-between where he wasn't president. All right, so those are some things for us to think about. We'll be back in a minute. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back. Hey, listen, I want to tell you about healthy cell products. You know, it's uh, it's something that I use all the time. They advertise on the network here. They are a, a company that makes products to help you in your everyday life. I take the immune boost because it helps keep me healthy so that I can fight off all these colds and, and nonsense that I have suffered with for a lot of my adult life. And I really don't anymore. And it, that's that's pretty good. Uh, they also make a sleep 
an, a REM sleep product, you're having trouble sleeping, can help you sleep. Uh, and then they make the focus factor. So if you're getting a little dull, you, you forget, getting forgetful, you walk into the room, you don't know what you're there for. Is it my keys or is it turn off the TV? I don't know. You might need a little focus factor. So I want you to take a look at those products. Uh, they are really, really awesome. Okay? All right. Now, we ended the first part of our episode here with two things. Trying to understand how does all of these symptoms that we see, these symptoms of disarray, discord, disharmony, uh, violence, confusion, how does that all fit together and... Uh, the possibility that Donald Trump could be elected to president once again. Well, here's, here's what I'm thinking. If we look around and everything has consequences, every idea has a consequence, every action has a consequence. And when we see ideas from our friends on the left, uh, the things that they come up with of how we should live, and they'll, they will want to tell you how you should live, right? They can't just say, this is what I'm going to do. They say, this is what you're going to do, all right? They, they do have that tendency. Um, and then you have conservative ideas and conservative thoughts. And hey, listen, conservatives are not to be all and end all the world either. You know, it's not, they're great and everybody else is bad. Uh, you know, sometimes they come up with the stuff that isn't great either. But in, for the most part, the philosophies behind the two parties and how they look and see the world, how they see governance and what it's really all about, how they see freedoms and liberties and what people should be able to do are, are starkly different and they've never been more different than they are now. Uh, so, so for people who say, this is the most important election in our lifetime, um, it's been that for the last five or six cycles. Uh, but this one coming up is really, uh, is really telling. And the way that I am coining this, because I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the, the relevance of the election and, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to run, who's not going to run. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, our country changes forever on January 20th, 2025, when whoever is going to be president is sworn in. And whatever Congress is seated, we will be in a brand new place that's either going to save our country or it's going to be further destroyed and the, the end of America as we know it, which I've already stated has already begun. I've already said I feel very clearly that all the things everybody's worried about has already it's already happened. We just we're not living it fully yet. But it, it, there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle. How do you how do you get back to traditional America that you know everybody on the right is fighting for? You know, rule of law. How how do you how do you put these things back? How do you have a, a system of justice that's not a two tier system of justice, where you know uh, elites and people uh, on one side of a of a party uh, get away with things and people on the other side do not? Uh, how is it that if you're rich and famous? And not just because you have a good lawyer. If you're rich and famous, you're not held accountable as you would be if you're just a regular person working every day, right? How is any of that fair or just? And, and how do you fix it uh, just by doing it? Because when you have half the country, and that's about what it is, about half the country doesn't want this system anymore, doesn't want America, doesn't want it the way it is. And slowly but surely, they are winning, they're winning, 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 and we can see by, by all of the, the elections that we've had. So when I, when I ask that question, 
can what, what it's not really a question, I guess. Uh, can we see all these things as symptoms of the bigger problem? And we can. Uh, we have the defund the police movement and the cops are bad movement and criminals are victims movement. When we see that develop on its own, it's bad enough. But the result now is wanton criminality, lawlessness, uh, fear, anxiety, and suffering for millions of Americans. The destruction of America's greatest cities where people are not comfortable going there, where you can be raped, robbed, murdered, just going to a, to a store. Uh, this is a symptom of progressive left-wing thinking. Uh, I'm all for fairness and for justice and for people to be uh, held accountable for what they do, myself included, uh, but held accountable on facts, not on feelings, not on uh, cultural movements, not on the history, not about that, on the facts in front of me. Uh, and if somebody is charged with a crime that they've committed, uh, you do one of two things. You either change the laws, if you don't like the law, or if the person is charged, then you prosecute them and hold them accountable. And if that means they go to prison for a long period of time, then so be it. And I don't like the idea of lumping together, well, there's so many of this kind of people in jail, then the system must be bad without looking at the facts and looking at who's committing what crimes. We have to be honest about these things. Now, there's lots of reasons people commit crimes, and maybe societally there are some things we can do about some of that. But the bottom line, nobody, no matter how bad a situation is, puts a gun in your hand, forces you to rob a 7-Eleven and shoot and kill an innocent clerk who's just there trying to make their 10 bucks an hour to help their kid get through school or whatever. There's nothing that makes you shoot that clerk. There's nothing that makes you uh, drag some woman off the street and sexually assault her in the back alley uh, because you're poor or because you're from one group or another. Nothing makes you do that. You, as an individual, decide to do those kind of things, and you should be held accountable. If you're dangerous and you're violent or you're mentally ill, then we have to address those things for your good and for the good of the entire community. You know, we get so squeamish now. On, on talking about, you know, putting people in prison. Oh, my God, you can't. People up in prison. Oh, it's, it's so triggering to people to think about that. Well, that, where, where, what else you do with somebody who's a raper, robber, or murderer? Uh, you, you, you talk to them and tell them, don't do that again. You let them back out to do it to your family? No, we have to separate them from the rest of us so they can't hurt us. That's a reality. Now, I don't rape, rob, or murder. I don't do that. You see, so I'm no danger to anybody. Although people would say, well, you're on the radio and you're, you're coming up with these crazy thoughts of, of justice and liberty and, 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 and rights. Yeah, well, okay. I guess that's dangerous to some people. Um, but the reality is uh, criminals who commit crime should be put away. People who are mentally ill and dangerous to themselves or others and cannot uh, function in society need to be taken care of by society. And by taking care of, I mean a compassionate taking care of. We don't let them live in their filth on the street to swing knives at people and push people in front of trains. That is not being good to people. That is being bad. We take them off the street. We get them the mental health they need. We get a medication to help control. Because you know what? Sometimes we have a, a bad liver and it's just, it's, it's a sick liver. There's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you have a bad uh, lung and there's nothing you can do about it. It's bad. Well, sometimes the brain is just not good. 
it wasn't wired correctly, or there was some other chemical imbalance that makes people dangerous and bad. Okay? That's just a reality. You can't fix everything. And if you find somebody who's danger to themselves and others, and you can't fix them, then you have to compassionately keep them away from everybody else so they can't hurt nobody or hurt themselves. But everybody's squeamish about this. It's like, oh my God. And that's a symptom. You see, that's another symptom. Crime is a symptom of progressive left-wing thinking run amok when it has power. And so is that, being squeamish about saying criminals and mentally deranged people who are dangerous should be off the street. You know, oh, Lieutenant Joe, you're a fascist. You want to you put people in prison and, and put homeless people in asylums. Well, where, what else are you going to do with them? We've now seen what happens when you just let them live on the street. And what do they do? They ruin their own lives. They destroy their own lives. They live in filth. They live in horror. They live a life no one should have to live. And then they attack other people, innocent people, who do not deserve that. That's not how you have a society that, has, that is a good and decent society. You take care of the problems. Uh, and sometimes you have to take strong action, like taking uh, people who are mentally deranged and dangerous off the street and putting them in a place where they're not a danger to themselves or others, and they can be cared for. And I think society should do that and should provide good care, right? So that's, that's a symptom. Um, these protests that we're seeing, these, these protests of these students coming out in support of Hamas, in support of a terror organization that when you hear the atrocities that they committed, Instead of dealing with that, they can't answer it. Do you, do you reject what Hamas did in Israel on October 7th? I think Israel is an oppressor, and Israel is a this. And I didn't ask you that. I asked you, do you think what Hamas did on October 7th in Israel was disgusting, dangerous, and cannot be allowed to stand? Do you, do you, would you reject what they did? I think the Palestinian people are oppressed by this. And I didn't ask you that. See, they can't answer the question. They can't answer the question because to answer the question puts them in a position of saying, I really should not support Hamas because Hamas is bad. Hamas is dangerous. Hamas is a bloodthirsty terrorist organization. Evil, I would go so far as to say evil organization. Um, now, does that mean the Palestinian people are that? No, unless they are a follower of Hamas, they believe in Hamas, they believe in what Hamas stands for, then yes, they're bad too, right? Uh, just like the people in Germany, uh, the people who were not in the Nazi party, but were just regular Germans, we had a choice there, right? Uh, either you are, maybe you're not a member of the party, but you believe in everything the Nazis are doing, then you know what? You're a Nazi too, and you suffer the consequences. Well, the same thing here. You may not be a member of Hamas, but you believe in Hamas. You support them. You don't say where they are. You don't say what these hostages are. You don't do anything to break free of them. Then, then you are a supporter of Hamas. You are Hamas, basically. Right? But I don't think all the people there are. I think there are a lot of people there who are just scared to death to open their mouths because their mouths will be shut for them. Right? Uh, and their heads cut off and uh, all kinds of other gruesome, horrifying things that we could talk about forever. So that is another symptom. So when I see this and I say, okay, um, you can take any given topic and I can tell you what side, uh, what side is what. So if you say to me, uh, 
this group of people believes in abortion on demand up to the point of the baby being born and the mother not sure what she wants to do and she says, I don't want to be a mother and we execute the baby. I would say, let's see, that would be a liberal progressive point of view. Doesn't, I don't have to know any other facts just by what it does. Uh, rip down uh, all traditional American statues. Get rid of all of these holidays that support uh, the traditions of America. And that get rid of that. That would be a progressive liberal idea, right? Uh, let's another one. Let's stand by the rule of law. Let's stand by our laws. Everyone should be treated equally, uh, and you are all held to account to make sure uh, that we all do the right thing. Well, that would be a conservative principle. That'd be a conservative idea. You see, it doesn't matter. I don't need to know the players or, or much more than that, than what is being espoused. And all of this negative uh, anti-American stuff is symptomatic. I could have guessed that our friends on the left, all the left-wing groups that are out there, I could have guessed that, that they would all take sides with Hamas. It's very simple. It's anti-American, it's evil, it's bad, it's against Israel, uh, it's against traditional America, it's what most Americans, you know, are in favor of Israel. I knew our friends on the left would take the opposite side. It, so it doesn't matter the, the, the topic. You can usually figure out where, where somebody stands, who they are, and, and what they're all about. You know, when we look at, um, we look at any of the other things, like right now, we have this election coming up that's very important. And we had huge problems with the 2020 election. Now, some people will tell you there was no problems, no problems at all. Absolutely no problems. But we all know there were lots and lots of problems with the 2020 election. And we don't, we're, not, we're not going round and round over that. Uh, Joe Biden is the president, okay, in your, in your basement there in your underwear taking notes. Joe Biden is the president. Um, I'm talking about what we found out in the course of that election and many elections. Machines don't work. They don't function the way they're supposed to. People aren't following the laws. Uh, voter ballots are being stuffed. People have been arrested for stuffing the ballots. Uh, we know that there's fraud involved. And there's a certain percentage of fraud. And, you know, it's not going to change. Well, it is, there is fraud. We don't know the percentage because uh, we didn't investigate. Uh, none of the things that the Trump team brought up, they may be absolutely crazy. And none of it happened. But they brought it up. And it's, see, it was proven. It was, nothing was proven because nothing was actually investigated. Right? So there's a difference between nothing being investigated and things being proven that they didn't happen. But anyway, we've had all of that history. It's, it's three years now since that election. Have we fixed those things? Have we fixed those things? Are our elections now set up to be uh, almost uh, foolproof? Will every vote cast be counted? Will every voter be a legitimate person to cast a vote? Will the counts be done properly? Will everyone follow their laws? Have we worked this all out for the next election? I'm going to say, uh, no, we have not worked this out for the next election. The next election is probably going to be even more um, chaotic than the 2020 election because nothing was fixed and people, people who benefit from a chaotic system uh, are going to benefit again. Now, I was talking with Kathleen and we were talking about some things that have come up about uh, fraudulent elections. And she says to me, well, you know what? I think what people have to do if they're going to vote Republican or conservative, they have to go out in such great numbers that they can overcome the fraud that people on the left might come up with. And I said, well, yes, that's, uh, that has been a known voting strategy 
uh, on the Republican side for many, many years. You have to come out with such a high voter turnout that you overcome the fraud that they do. So if there's 6% fraud in the election, and I'm making up a number here, if there's 6% fraud in the election, then you've got to come up with 7% extra voters to overcome that. And she says, well, isn't that ridiculous that we have to come up with, we have to come up with more voters to overcome fraud? I said, it is ridiculous and it hasn't been fixed, has it? Has anybody fixed it? Do we have a system now? We could put and this is how cliche is this. We could put a man on the moon and we can't figure out how one person gets one vote and it's tallied and registered right away, documented and not a problem. But that's coming up. That is coming up and we're going to see shenanigans. We're going to see accusations. We're going to see all kinds. You know, Hillary Clinton, remember Hillary, the great Hillary Clinton in 2016, she would not admit that Donald Trump won. She thought there was fraud in the election. She thought there was all these kind of problems. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Um, but anyway, I, 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 as a man with a grievance, I sometimes uh, circle back around too many times. All right. So that brings me to the next thing. Can Donald Trump be elected once again? Is it, is it possible? Now, we've talked about the, the changes in America. We just got done talking a little bit about uh, we haven't fixed our election system. Uh, there was fraud in 2016, 2020. There's always been fraud, right? It's always been a small amount of fraud. But with COVID and, you know, vote from home and vote extra ballots and all this other nonsense, uh, there's going to be the same thing again. So can Donald Trump win? Well, I think slowly but surely you're seeing you're seeing people come out who are saying that Joe Biden is not fit to be president a second term. Uh, and people would argue he wasn't fit to be president for the first term either, but he was elected. Now we see him bumbling, stumbling, forgetful. He doesn't know where to go. You know he's not respected. You know, President Xi, this guy from China, was just here, right? A leader of a superpower. Do you think he sat down with Joe Biden and he walked out of there and went back to his people? Uh, we better put our plans on hold. This guy will come and kick our ass. Or do you think they went back and said, okay, get to the next level on our plans before he's out because this guy ain't going to do nothing, right? And, and that's a terrible thing to say uh, about the state of our presidency and who we have. But then again, isn't that another symptom of left-wing thinking? See how I connect all these things together? They, people would rather have Joe Biden and the crappy economy, the weak military, the lack of respect around the world, uh, the inflation rates, the, the nonsense, the crime that we have now. They'd rather have that than have Donald Trump and, and the, the things he says about, you know, uh, about women and the things he says about what he would do in public and private and he's, he's mean tweets. They'd rather cut off their nose to spite their face, as my mother used to say. They would rather vote for Biden again or some other left-wing nut who's going to continue the same problems than to vote for Donald Trump, who will turn things around. Uh, and why do I say that? Because you just love Trump, Lieutenant. No, I don't love Trump. I don't know Trump. I, I only know him from his public persona, and I know him from how he behaved and how he governed as the president of the United States. He governed very well as the president of the United States. 
personally, do I like his commentary? Do I like the way he says things or what they, no, I don't care for those things, but it doesn't matter what, what I care. How it's in, proof is in the pudding is how he governs, how he ran the country and the country was strong. The economy was strong. Everything was booming. You know, we're so used to now living in this misery, uh, uh, you know, uh, $3, $4 gallon gasoline and high prices for everything and, and eggs, $6 a dozen. And we're so used to this inflation now and all of these problems, uh, this feeling of, of, of dread of what's going on around the world. We're so used to that. We forget how three years ago it wasn't like that at all. America was strong. America was powerful. Our economy was the greatest in all the world. We were energy independent. We did not need anybody in the Middle East anymore for the, uh, for the fuels we needed to power our economy and to do everything we needed. We were selling energy to the rest of the world, right? We forget how good all of that was. So my question is, can Trump actually be elected? Well, we're seeing more and more people now on the left get nervous about Joe Biden. We're seeing it publicly. We're seeing people make statements questioning whether or not they think he can actually do the job. I mean, he's 81 years old now. Um, in another year, he'll be 82. Now, there's nothing wrong with 82. I know a lot of 82-year-old people that are sharp as a tack. Uh, I know some people in their 70s that can't put a sentence together anymore, right? So it's, it's about the individual. Joe Biden, as an individual, is debilitated. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he's probably got uh, beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Uh, he shows a lot of those symptoms. Uh, he forgets. He stumbles. He bumbles. You know, all of the things that we see. It's not good. It's not a good representation of the American presidency, and it, it, it shows weakness. So do I think people are starting to say one of two things? Um, well, it wasn't that bad under Trump, and maybe we can tolerate it. Maybe we're seeing uh, young people are disapproving of Joe Biden at huge numbers, and that's really because of the whole Hamas thing. Uh, if that goes away tomorrow, if it's done, if Israel is done doing what they're doing and that subsides, uh, you will see support return from young people because young people want marijuana, abortions, uh, anti-American stuff. They want to tear down statutes, not all of them, but lots and lots of them, um, you know, want anti-American stuff, socialism, basically. Um, and they will return to that once the, you know, the shiny object in the room right now that's pushing them against. So do you mean to tell me 70%, I think that's the most recent poll, 70% of people under 35 years old from 18 to 35 have a uh, rate Joe Biden as uh, bad, as a president of foreign policy, on the economy, on everything. 70% of them say, no way, Joe. Are you telling me that those 70% are going to go in the booth in November of 2024, and they're going to have a choice between Joe Biden, who they disapprove of, or Donald Trump, who they don't like, and they're going to push the Trump button. Do you think that those Americans that are to this day still for Joe Biden, I don't know how he has how he has 40 percent support, because I think that's what he's got altogether, 40 percent support. I don't know who those 40 percent of people are that can look at the world and go, yeah, he's doing a good job. He's doing a pretty good job because I, I saw this. I saw these, you know, these street reporters. Hey, listen, if you had to vote right now, would you vote for Biden or Trump? Well, I'd vote for Biden. Well, how do you think things are going? Well, I think he's done a pretty good job. I think he's a pretty strong leader. I think uh, his economy, you know, it's, uh, it's not great, you know, but it's pretty good. Uh, you know, who are these people? 
that don't realize the reality of what's going on out there. So can Trump actually win the election? I think he can. I think he can. And I know Kathleen says to me, you know, uh, they're going to find some way to get extra votes and they're going to manipulate things and they're going to steal it. They're not going to allow that to happen because you got a lot of rhinos who are against Trump, too, and they would rather keep everything status quo. It's just another four more years of misery because, you know, they're not really affected by it. They're rich. They're wealthy. They have they have great lifestyles. They have security around them that you don't have. They got money. They got jets and airplanes. They're not really living the life you are. So you know, four more years. We get don't don't let Trump win. Do what we got to do to get rid of him. Uh, and in four years, he won't run again. He'll be too old, and you know he'll have had his two shots that he lost. And that's I believe I honestly believe that's some of the thinking on the rhinos part. You know, it's better off we stay the way they are uh, than to uh, let Trump back in. Because I think this time, if Trump got in, he would come after the swamp big time. Um, could you imagine what would happen on January 1st, uh, January 20th, if, if Trump were uh, reelected? The, the things that would happen, Mayorkas, would, he would go flying out of that office being tossed. Boom, he'd be rolling in the street. Uh, FBI Director Ray would be another one out the window. Goodbye, here's your stuff. So long. Uh, all of these people, all of these prosecutors, federal prosecutors that are on the left um, that are appointed, you know, the, uh, the attorney general people, all of that, boom, gone. Every one of them, uh, every single one of these people tossed out on their butts. You could see that coming, right? And they all know it. Um, I think this time around, uh, Trump would not be naive and think that, hey, everybody is a good person. They're trying to do right. Hey, we won. So we get to do what we think. No, uh, even in his own party, there are traitors, there are anti-Trumpers, there are all of these, uh, these horrific rhino people who would rather do for themselves than do for the country. But I think they would all go flying out the window uh, on January 20th also uh, with, uh, with all these other losers. And then maybe, maybe, just maybe, we could uh, also elect senators and congresspeople that would have guts, would have the backbone to stand up for America uh, to, to do what needs to be done. And that's so there's my question. Can Trump be elected? I think he can be elected. My concern is that the Republican Party needs to play the same rules, play by the same rules that the Democratic Party does. We need to gather votes. We need to go into nursing homes and get all the votes from those people. We need to go uh, get all our, our veterans on the street, right? Make sure they have a place to stay is really the goal, but get their vote. We need to harvest votes the way they do. We need to do early voting, early and often. We should get in and vote, 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 just like our friends on the left do. So speaking of friends, I want to tell you, uh, it's been fun to be here together today. I appreciate you being out there. And um, let's see what happens. What do you think? Can Trump be elected? Is everything we're seeing really symptomatic of progressive policies? I don't know. But think about it. And I'll see you down the road.